Hey, and welcome to the Digital Nomad Life Podcast. I'm your host, Krista, aka Christabella Travels. And today I am sharing with you my best tips on how to maximize your productivity as a digital nomad. This episode is for you if you've just quit your job and you are wanting to become a digital nomad, but you just can't seem to quite get your shit done and you're questioning whether the digital nomad life is for you or whether you're actually cut out for it because how can you be cut out for the digital nomad life if you just can't be productive? Or maybe you're already a digital nomad and you know, you've been traveling for a little while and you feel like you're just not getting your shit done. Well, I have some unconventional tips for you and just the things that I've learned in my nine years of being a digital nomad, what has really, really, really made a difference for me. And seriously, like they have made a difference. I've been able to grow my digital nomad career. Like I got promotions when I was working remotely at a tech startup doing marketing for them. And I've been able to grow my own coaching business from basically nothing to multiple six figures going on seven in 2023. And just saying, I have a lot of experience working from many different places, working for myself, working for an employer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm really excited to share this stuff with you and I really hope that it can make an impact and help you feel a little bit better about yourself. Something that I've found or that I just hear all the time from my clients, because side note, if this is the first time you've ever met me, I'm a digital nomad coach and I help people become digital nomads. I also specifically help them go from having no idea where to start. So if that resonates with you, then you're in the right place. Yeah, people that have no idea where to start and then I help them create a completely remote business. And while I actually never tell my clients to quit their full-time job, um, so many of them do. And yeah, something that's been coming up a lot recently with my clients is they've quit their job and they feel like they're gonna have all this free time to work on their business and they're just not, being as productive as they thought they would be or as they think they should be. So yeah, that's why this is really top of mind for me. And I can't wait to share what I've been thinking about recently. So I want to start off by emphasizing this word should and to remind you to stop shoulding on yourself. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, but I just love it. To me, the word should, there is no basis on the word should. Because when we say I should work, study for eight hours a day, I should be behind my laptop, I shouldn't be taking such a long lunch break. Who told you that? You are trying to fit into a box that someone else has decided is the right way for you to exist, to operate, to work. And I just want to remind you that there is no human on planet Earth who has ever existed or exists today that has the authority to tell all humans the way that they should be. Humans are so different. They're so unique and they have really, really different energy levels. I don't know if you know anything about human design. It's something that I bring into my coaching a lot. And um, one thing I love about human design is that it shows you how your energy just is. And there's no good or bad in human design. It really is just, it is what it is. And a lot of people, specifically if you are a projector, a manifester, or a reflector, you simply do not have the ability to have the sustained kind of energy as say a generator or a manifesting generator. But 
they're all trying to act or operate in a world of generators and manifesting generators. So there's all these people out there, specifically projectors, that think they should be working eight hours a day and they should not. Actually, probably what they should be doing, but hey, do whatever you want because there is no such thing as should, is working when they feel good because there is no point in sitting behind your laptop for hours and hours a day wasting your time when you don't feel creative, you don't have the mental capacity, you're tired, you're distracted. Like, what is the point of that? So my first tip for you is to stop shooting on yourself and break free from the conditioning of society, which has told you that you should be working for eight hours a day. That is absolutely not true. I know that's not true because I don't work eight hours a day and I've still managed to be very successful in my new business. And I was still really productive as I was traveling the world as a digital nomad for years. Literally, I lived out of a suitcase for four years and um, I was technically contracted to work an eight-hour day. But, you know, eventually I... <laughs> Full disclosure, I kind of started feeling like, okay, I'm ready to move on from this job and I became a little bit less motivated and I started only working when I had the energy to because I knew that during those hours when I had the energy, I could get just as much done as I could sitting at my laptop for the full eight hours. I was still available to my employer and to my coworkers and everything. Like I would check Slack and get the notifications and stuff. But when I actually had to complete the stuff I needed to complete, I would just sit down when I felt available for it and then I would just bang it out and then I would move on with my life. And you are able to operate that way too. But we can't sit around thinking that we are not good enough because we're not working a full eight hours. And this is my rant now. I think that the eight-hour workday is actually a total scam and it is a way for the matrix to keep running itself. It's this very convenient lie that the people at the top of all the pyramids, aka major corporations, have brainwashed society to believe so that they can stay at the top of a pyramid and the bottom of their pyramid, aka you are a brick at the bottom of the pyramid, stay sturdy as a strong foundation so the whole thing works and operates and makes them the most profit. What do I mean by that? Okay, so the person at the top of the pyramid is the one that has the money that they've invested to create the business and they had the idea and they have the power, right? They're the ones hiring and firing people. So as we go down the pyramid, eventually at the bottom, they're the people that they don't have any skin in the game. They haven't made any investment. All they need to do is trade their time for money. So their time is their skin in the game. And your employer wants as much time from you as possible. And actually, employers used to require employees to work for like 15 hours a day. This is before the technological revolution, like during the industrial revolution, people used to work really, really long hours. But they also were like active and doing things. They didn't need to be using their mental brain power the entire time, by the way. So anyway, this eight-hour workday is something that society has all accepted as true because they're scared of losing their jobs because their employer is hiring them to just be available for eight hours a day. The employers know 
that you're not going to be productive for eight hours a day. There's so many studies that have shown that actually an eight-hour day is totally unproductive, that there's many, many wasted hours, and that employees would be happier if they had shorter work days. But why do you think employers still don't listen to this? When you're working eight hours a day, or when you're, you know, in an office or you're contracted to work eight hours a day, you're probably telling yourself many times during that day, every single time that you don't feel productive, that you're not good enough, right? Like every single time that you have zoned out in front of your laptop, you've probably been a little bit hard on yourself and said, oh no, I should be more productive. Why am I not dialed in? Why am I not doing as much as this person next to me? Et cetera, et cetera. Because you're not noticing when the other person is zoning out. You're only really paying attention to what's happening in your reality and noticing when other people are working. Anyways, you're sitting there telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I should be more productive. I should be more productive. When you tell yourself that you're not good enough, you're not going to be brave enough to leave that job and go off and start your own thing. So it's actually your employer's best interest to make you feel like you're not good enough because it keeps you there for longer and it keeps you relying on your employer so that you get to stay safe with your steady salary. Another thing that an eight-hour workday supports an employer with is not giving the employees any time to actually think for themselves. When you're working eight hours a day, especially if you have a commute, and like I know a lot of people have to commute for an hour before and after work. So now we've got 10 hours a day and you've got like 16 waking hours in a day. That leaves you with very little time to actually just sit and meditate and think about how you feel and what other kind of businesses you could create or what else you could do with your life. Like you're not having any emotional or mental bandwidth to think for yourself because you are obliged to give all of your best hours to your employer. I personally also happen to think that this is why employers don't like giving their employees more than two weeks off at a time because two weeks, it's like only just enough time for you to finally emotionally and mentally disconnect from work and then you got to get right back in there. But what do you think happens when you actually disconnect for a long period of time? You're able to come back to your own energy. You're able to come back to yourself. You're able to start noticing that there are lots of other people out there in this world that don't work nine to five and they still manage to get by like me, right? What if you're offline or you're on vacation for like four weeks and then you meet me in a cafe and you start hearing my story about how I only work like maybe 20 hours a week and I'm still able to make multiple six figures, your wheels would start to be turning because you're not totally, you know, obsessed with thinking about the email that you didn't send last week or all those hours that, again, you didn't do what you were contracted to do with your employee contract, right? And all of a sudden, you're going to stop thinking that you're not good enough and that there's possibility out there for you to maybe do something else. So <laughs> society rant over. Um, but again, this is really just a reminder that there is no should in productivity. The only should is that you should be operating when you feel good and break free from the societal conditioning that everybody should be working eight hours a day because that's it's just simply not true. It's a very convenient lie that your employer has told you to keep you stuck and in the same place. 
Okay, so now that I'm done ranting, let's talk about the little things that you can actually do to be more productive as a digital nomad when you are working because you still don't want to be sitting behind your laptop doing nothing. So first things first is figure out when your best, most optimal hours are for working. If you're like me, who's kind of a night owl, I like to stay up late because sometimes I get actually my most creative inspiration or inspiring ideas late at night and I want to be able to capture them. And if I'm feeling inspired, I'm not going to bed. I'm going to write all that shit down and I'm just going to pump it out because I know that when I'm inspired, that's when I can get the most done. If I'm inspired late at night, and I'm actually groggy every single morning until about 10 a.m., why would I say, oh, even though I'm getting this creative inspiration, I'm going to go to bed like a good girl at 12 o'clock and then wake up by 8 so that I can do it tomorrow morning when I don't even feel good just because other people are working in the morning? No way. If I need to stay up until 4 a.m., I'm going to do it because now that if I stay up until 4 a.m. today, I don't have to wake up tomorrow until 10 and then I can just go about my business and enjoy the sunshine, which is what I like to do. What I like to do, like I said, is usually I'll go to bed around midnight and then I'll wake up around eight. I'll have a coffee. I'll go to the gym. Then I'll come back. I'll take a shower. I'll have lunch. And then usually around 1130, 12, that's when I open up my laptop. And that's when I'm like, all right, I've already taken care of me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to work on my business. And for those next like few hours, that's when I get the most done. And um, after work, yeah, I go take my dog on a sunset beach walk. It's always around 630 because I live in Bali. So those are my hours. I take my dog out. I may go out for dinner. And then, yeah, I hang out at night. I might talk to people, call my mom. Or again, if I get a stroke of inspiration, then I'm just not going to go to bed. I'm going to just stay up and ride that productivity wave. So that's how I get the most done. Maybe you are actually an early bird, maybe. And by the way, like there's this really cool masterclass um, all about the science of sleeping. And everybody does have a unique, it's called a chronotype. And this is pretty cool little fun fact for you. But back in the day, our ancestors knew that it wasn't safe for everybody to be asleep at the same time. So humans actually evolved to have some people that wanted to go to bed early and wake up early so that they could, you know, be watching the tribe as everybody slept. Um, and then other people who were comfortable staying up super late and were fine sleeping late because they were going to watch the tribe when the other person was sleeping. So do you know if you're a morning person or a night owl? And depending on that, also your peak energy hours for your creativity will happen a few hours after you wake up. Or maybe you just actually, you wake up and you're flooded with ideas and you just want to bang it all out. And then after you've been awake for two, three hours, you're like fried. And now you really want to go like have a nice meal or go for a walk or just relax. I'm not here to tell you that there's any right way to do it. I'm here to ask you to tune in to your biorhythms, figure out when you feel the best, and then just only work during those hours and stop feeling bad if you're not feeling good for more than three hours a day. I think if you're working three hours a day and you have your own business, that's 15 hours a week of a lot of productivity. And honestly, that's enough. It is enough. 
and just trust that there will be some days where you just are really excited and inspired to bang out a bigger project or maybe you're highly motivated by deadlines so you actually stockpile a lot of work for right before whatever the deadline is and you just know you just trust yourself that you're motivated by deadlines and so you set up your business so that your biggest projects are you work on them right before the deadline again there's no right or wrong way to do this you just need to know yourself and then work with it so this now leads me into my next tip which is making sure that your environment is well suited for work so that when you have those strokes of inspiration or the ability to be creative or hyper focused that you are able to really be in a place where you can get the most done in the shortest period of time so for me Either I work really well in a busy cafe where I don't know anybody, where I'm completely anonymous, and usually I like to sit on a comfortable seat. Like I like to be on a couch or maybe a seat that's very cushioned. That's just where I personally feel good. I want to be able to sit cross-legged. So I like to choose cafes that have seating like that. And I might need to do some Google searches online before I go to a specific cafe and commit to sitting there for four hours because why do I want to go work in a cafe where I'm not going to be comfortable and instead of focusing on my business, I'm going to be focusing on how uncomfortable my body feels. That's not very productive, is it? What's productive is when you can just go sit down, zone in and just get shit done and then bail. So think about also like how does your body feel when you're in different seats and different environments and try to cater your environment towards that. And again, that might require you either doing some Google searches online before you get to a new destination and saying, oh, cool, there's this cafe nearby that it looks like they have outlets um, or people have written about the fast Wi-Fi and I can see in the photos that there are some comfy seats. Or maybe it's that you actually work best in a completely silent environment and you need to make sure that your Airbnb or your hostel or whatever accommodation that you are in has a place where you're able to sit at a desk if you want to be sitting at a desk or on a couch if that's where you want to sit but just a place where you are able to get work done. So before you show up to any destination, you really need to do multiple checks to make sure that that environment will be well suited for you based on how you feel comfortable and the environment in which you are most supported. And that being said, you know, there are definitely some things that you can do to make your environment more accommodating, like something when it's a small thing, but it really makes such a difference. Anytime I'm traveling, I always make sure that I have my extra, extra long laptop charger. It's like 15 feet or three meter. I don't know what the conversion is, but it's really long, right? And that's because I might want to sit on the couch, but the nearest outlet is kind of far away. And I know that I need to sit on the couch in order for me to be more productive. So that extra, extra long cable supports me in being able to be charged up and still be able to sit in the place that I want to sit. Another thing that I do is sometimes the Pomodoro method or we'll call them like power half hours. So I'm a really social human um, and I have a lot of digital nomad friends and I know that for me like I can get really dialed into my work when I'm feeling excited and because I'm usually on a little bit of a time crunch because I've only given myself like four hours that day to work. When I'm sitting down for those four hours, I want to fucking get shit done like 
don't talk to me, even though I'm really social. So sometimes when my friends are like, hey, Krista, we should co-work today, and I haven't seen them in a while, so I want to say yes, but I'm like, okay, okay, yes, like let's give ourselves six hours because I know that the first hour we're going to be chit-chatting. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, for the next 30 minutes, we don't talk. We're just, we're dialing in to our work. And so we actually set a timer and the rule is that nobody's allowed to talk to each other until the half hour is over. And then we take a little break. We can chit chat. We can make comments about the environment, et cetera. But yeah, we literally have a timer on the desk. And I think that's actually really supportive for everybody because I think that studies also have shown that humans aren't really able to have intense focus for longer than 20 minutes at a time. So yeah, the Pomodoro method, I don't know why it's called that, but that's what it's called. And that can be really supportive of just getting shit done when you are actually sitting down in front of your laptop wanting to do stuff. This next one is for the digital nomads who are bouncing around the world pretty quickly. And my advice to you is really try to stay in a specific destination for three weeks or more. And the reason why is because Remember what I was saying about how corporations, like they don't want to give you a lot of time to be thinking. The same kind of goes for the more often you're moving around, the more time you're needing to spend on figuring out where you're going to work that day, where you're going to eat that day, how you're going to socialize that day. And you know, the longer that you stay in a place, the less of that you have to do and the less frequently you have to do it. So um, best case scenario is you get into a routine in any place that you're going. So like spend a weekend um, researching the best cafes, finding places that have good Wi-Fi, setting up a little bit of a social infrastructure so that you can hang out with people when you're not working. But ultimately, ideally, you really are only spending like a weekend doing that a month. So you need time to do that. Um, but the rest of the time... You want to be having fun in your environment. You don't always want to be looking to the next place and working. So I think to be able to get work done and enjoy where you are, you really do need to be able to relax into a routine. And I personally think that three weeks is like the minimum amount of time to really optimize that. If you are somewhere for three weeks at a time, let's say you arrive on a Saturday morning. So now you've got Saturday and Sunday of the first weekend to like hang out, have fun, meet people, search for some cafes, like just kind of get your bearings in the city that you're in. And then you work for five days. So you start getting your routine. Then you have a weekend to go off on an adventure. And let's say you go on that adventure Saturday morning until Monday night. And now when you come back on Tuesday, you're able to dial in right away because you already figured out all the stuff from the previous week. And then you have another four days of working and then you go on another trip um, and then you come back and you have another five days of working and then, 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 then you use that next Saturday to go off. But you've already had a bunch of time like evenings to explore the city, go out, have nice dinners. You've also had two solid weekends to go on little adventure trips around the country. Like I'm not saying you have to stay in the same city for the full three weeks. Like for sure, go on side trips. Um, but just like keep your stuff at the Airbnb or the hostel or whatever and just leave most of your stuff there and take a little backpack with you and 
and go. Um, be free, adventure, have fun. You need that adventure and fun in order to fill your own cup so that you can feel super grateful for your work when you come back and dial into your work. This is actually so important. Like gratitude is so important. If you're one of my clients, you know that I talk a lot about the frequency of emotions and gratitude is the fastest way to get out of any kind of negative vibration. And work can have a lot of negative vibes with it, right? Like maybe you're dealing with difficult clients. Maybe you are super frustrated at trying to figure out a technical issue of the software that you're dealing with. Maybe your boss, if, if you're employed, is just kind of a bully. So there might be negative vibes around your business. Maybe a launch didn't go the way that you wanted to. Maybe you're feeling a little bit of scarcity around money. You need to be able to feel grateful for that work regardless. And um, if you're only working all the time, it's going to actually start to feel like your work is a burden and therefore it's going to be harder to be grateful for it and you're going to be more vulnerable to not having your business or your remote job work out. So this is a big reminder to balance your work with a lot of fun, adventure, socializing, exploring, just anything that fills up your cup, anything that makes you happy, anything that allows you to really live out your dream as a digital nomad. You need to have that stuff happening. Otherwise, if you're not, like, why are you even digital nomading anyway? Like, you might as well just go back to the corporate rat race and take your two-week vacation. But I'm pretty sure you're listening to this podcast because you want more from life. You want more of a balance. You want to be able to live a more authentic life, whatever that means to you. So in summary, really, the way to be productive is, yeah, there are little things that you can do, like the Pomodoro method and having your environment right? Like sitting in comfortable seats and having a long laptop cable. But really, 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 all the advice is just learn about your energy. Fill up your cup. Make yourself happy. Take breaks when you need them. Don't make it wrong for you to only work three days a week or two days a week or even one day a week. Um, as long as you're getting shit done during the hours that you're actually working, honestly, you're probably way more productive than most office workers who do work eight hours a day. And unless they're on cocaine or Adderall all the time, there's no freaking way that any human is getting shit done for eight hours a day, five days a week. It's just, it's not a thing. So also decondition yourself, give yourself affirmations that you are enough, that you are good enough. Honestly, anybody can have this lifestyle. They just need to believe in themselves and they need to stop shooting on themselves. So that concludes this episode. But before you go, I just wanted to share a little bit about my business. And if you are intrigued by my style of how I communicate or the things that I know, or you're like, you know what? I feel like I like this girl's vibe and I would really love her support in changing my life because you trust that I have mad experience, a lot of wisdom on these matters and love to talk about the lifestyle and the business and the marketing and the spiritual aspect of creating an entirely new life. Then the way that I work is two times a year, I launch a VIP group program. And if you want to hear more about that, you can scroll to the episode that says what it's like to be coached by me. But yeah, basically what I do with my VIP clients who I have deep relationships with and work with them for a period of about six months at a time. I work with clients who they have no idea where to start. They don't even know 
what kind of job or business they would do or create as a digital nomad. And that's fine. Actually, I like have such a soft spot for people that they're like, I know I want to make this happen, but I just don't even know what I would do. I'm like, don't worry. I got you. Like, let's do the career assessment process to start off. And, um, we do a deep, deep dive in their personality, skill set and interests and come up with a business idea that feels really aligned to them. And, um, just, you just got to trust me on this one. We will definitely come up with something that makes sense for you. I would say that, you know, once in a while, there's a client that's like, Ooh, this doesn't but 99% of the time after we do this career assessment process, which is lengthy, like it takes some time, but we get through it. And uh, yeah, a lot of people have found their dharma after doing this process with me. And then once you find out the thing that you want to do to become a digital nomad, then I give you the step-by-step roadmap to actually execute that idea. So the foundations of building a business and then how to go on and market that business and get clients in a way that also makes sense for your personal energy type and personality all the way to allowing you to create a full-time income from literally anywhere. And if you're someone that you're already halfway there, maybe you already have the business idea or you've already started marketing, but you just need more support. Also, I would say that, yeah, I'm a business coach, but I'm kind of a life coach disguised as a business coach. So if you also have limiting beliefs, mindset blocks, things that are just holding you back, fears, maybe you're worried about criticism from your family. I also specialize in helping my clients get through the mindset stuff that's really actually holding them back. So that is my VIP service. It requires a lot of my time and energy because again, like I work with a very limited number of people. It's only open twice a year and um, I have deep relationships with these clients. So if you're someone that you don't have, say like Well, my prices do change as I become more in demand, though I can't say the price now for my VIP coaching, but it is over five grand. So if that's not money that you have access to, but you still really want to learn from me, I do also have self-paced programs where you can join um, a community that I'm not going to be the one that's talking you through it, but I do have other people that support me in that community that know a lot as well. And, you know, they're available for your Q&A. And then you can watch the video content that I've created that also walk you through the same process. And that's a much more affordable option. But in that option, you don't get me. So you don't get me helping you work through your specific individual challenges. Also, a new offer that I am coming out with is a mindset coaching experience that's kind of a hybrid. So it's only two weeks, but I do help you go into your mindset blocks, you know, what's actually holding you back. You do get to meet other people in person or like on Zoom in that um, experience. But yeah, there's a lot of things that I offer. I'm really, really passionate about helping people become digital nomads. So if you're curious how I can help you and what makes the most sense for you based on your availability and your financial situation, et cetera, then go ahead, slide into my actually much smaller and more monitored social media account, which is Christabella Travels Coaching. Tell me that you listened to this podcast and that you're interested in finding some way to work together. And just tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about your situation. I'm committed to helping everybody in the best way that I can. And if I can't help you, I'll just send you to somebody else who can. 
So thanks so much for listening to this whole episode. I'm super grateful for your time and energy. Go check out some of the other episodes and hopefully I will talk to you in the DMs. Remember, it's Christabella Travels Coaching is the one where you are most likely to get a response. So send you lots of love and see you soon.